Welcome back to another episode of the RAG podcast with me, Sean Anderson, the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media. Um, the RAG is the show where I bring to you stories from recruitment owners, traditionally all about growing an agency. Um, soon enough, it's going to be all about the, the future of the modern agency. But in this in this interesting time that we find ourselves right now, in the middle of lockdown two, as we call it, um, it's all about understanding the reality of today's pandemic. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to be joined by um, someone I know really well, um, a, a long-term client of Hoxo, both the academy and the agency, someone who um, works, and um, well, leads one of the, one of the, I, I believe, one of the, the most well-regarded agencies in, in London and, and with a global footprint. Um, Charlie Sell, who's the MD of Arrows Group Global. Charlie, welcome to the show. Hi, Sean. Good to be here, mate. The pleasure. The pleasure. And uh, it's it's the first time you've been on LinkedIn Live, so uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll help you through it. But it's uh, <laughs> it, from where we're looking, you, you wouldn't know anyway, would you? It feels like you're on Zoom. Um, yeah. I've given you a, a, a mini intro there, mate, but tell us a little bit more about you, your role, what it is you do at Arrows. Yeah, so my name is Charlie Sell, as you said, the Group MD for, for Arrows Group. And Arrows is a technical recruitment and workforce solutions consultancy. So based in London, Holland, Germany. Um, so Pan Europe is, is essentially our um, our breadth and specialised pretty much within software engineering, data cloud and cyber. So, so as you said, we've been around for 15 years. Yeah. So, so quite well established, albeit through quite a journey. Seen some real ups and downs over the fifteen years, but has uh, twenty twenty stood out as the the most eventful year? Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's been the most changing year, or, or having to deal with the unknowns. I mean, as, as I said, the business as a as a whole, we've had we've had years where we've done some transformational stuff, and years where we've we've you know done done some pretty untransformational stuff. But but twenty twenty. You know, we've really had to come together for it. And yeah, every day it felt like a learning, I guess. Oh, for sure. So um, look, in, in, in the start of the show, my, my, what I want to do is I want to effectively go back. Let's have a chat about the first wave and then let's get under the bonnet of this current wave and see what's going on. So can you tell us what, what did your agency, what did the whole situation look like in, in early March? Like what, what was Arrows looking like? What sort of shape were you in? What sort of mood were you guys in? In, in the beginning of March, before with all things twisted, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a again, everything's a bit of a story, isn't it? But um, so I mean, in, in terms of shape, we're we're in really good shape. You know, we've over the last few years, we've, we've transformed the business back into a loud and proud recruitment company, and and um, and very much growing the business across both all of our offices. But um, and then had high hope for this year. Um, ironically. When everyone was talking about the pandemic and it was coming, I, I was in a bit of self denial, and and uh, and we were actually in Meinhofen, um skiing as a work incentive the the weekend before uh, before we went went into lockdown, and and you know we were in the epicenter of everything closing down. So so yeah, I mean pre pre lockdown, I was probably in a bit of denial to be totally honest with you that that anything was really going to impact us and change us, and and so yeah, boy was I wrong. Did it become really obvious on that trip then that things were changing? Everything was closing around us on a daily. But literally, we flew out on the Thursday before the Thursday lockdown. Um, even then, there was there was news that the resorts, the other side of the mountains, were were closing, and um, and we thought we were safe. We're outside the whole time. Mm. You know, where, what better place is there to be? And and then literally, we started worrying that we weren't going to be able to fly home 
because airports were shutting and and you know you couldn't travel through Italy of course um and that's when it started becoming very real and actually that's when we we worked moved really quickly saying this is actually really going to happen reported it back to the the UK and had to get everyone set up on laptop our IT team were were just phenomenal because you know they they got everyone remote within 4 days um because wow. we hadn't prepared for it pro- you know i just i didn't think it was going to happen so so we had to move very quickly so how many for the listeners how many staff did you have and and yeah what was the kind of tech setup at the time which is going into that situation yeah so 75 staff um across the uk and the netherlands office um and you know only a handful had laptops um probably less 10 so so everyone else was off um uh you know just standard um uh, servers in the in the offices um and then we had a pool of laptops that people were using when they were doing flexi work or what have you um but yeah no we had to go and source i think they sourced 45 laptops or 50 laptops within a week got them conditioned got them formatted you know luckily all of our systems are web enabled so from our crm to our phone system yeah. So, so that was good, um, but no, we had to move really, really quickly. Um, Can you imagine yeah, so. what life was like for those companies that that week. I think it was um, a couple of a couple of other recruitment companies of, of, of like two, three hundred people I spoke to said the same thing, and that's just recruitment, right? Every sec, the amount of sectors that would have been so desk bound, um, logistically, must have been a nightmare. Not only getting the machines, but then getting them out to your house and making sure they work. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, as I say, what, what really impressed me with our IT team is they managed to get everything sourced. So we were able to give laptops before the, I think it was the Thursday cutoff, wasn't it? They announced right. it on a Monday that that lockdown would happen on the Thursday. Um, so literally on that Wednesday, we were, you know, people were coming in like a conveyor belt, being given, sharing it. And then the online support, you know, for the first week post it, you know, and, and we... Uh, and again, I won't take the credit for this, but our IT team, um, anyone who didn't have Wi-Fi at home or strong enough Wi-Fi, they also went and fixed that and, and got that wow. sorted, speaking to providers, you know, so speaking language that we would never learn, even though we're a technical recruitment business, yeah. to get the best bandwidths and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, an interesting week. Well, how would you describe culturally how how you guys were set up like what was the i know you mentioned flexi working but what was it really like working at arrows pre-covid yeah you know it's 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 you're right everyone talks about flexi working people have talked about it for like a year leading up to this and what do people actually do it or not and and in reflection now i know what it really means (laughs) you know you you look back and go yeah we we weren't you know what what we were very good what we are good at and i'm proud of is people with kids people with on part-time hours people with you know who, who live far away we we have always been very good at offering flexi time and an environment to support them mm. but we sort of had a blind arrogance or presumption that anyone who doesn't have those sort of commitments would want to be in the office five days a week and and although there's an element of truth to that I now know from from like a graduate level who who thrive or need the camaraderie it's not true of, of, of everyone and, and it's not you don't just have to be a parent to no. to you know to to want and embrace flexi time which which is where we were pre-covid you know we thought we we're a great company because we you know we're, we're we're able to employ people from from different scenarios because we offer this but um but no i think we've learned what it really means now 
I bet, I bet. So take us through that first wave then, the March and April. What was it, what was daily life like? Once you got everyone at home, you know, you, you, I remember you had a considerable contract base, you know, you're busy, you're a really strong company running, you know, across multiple regions, loads of big corporates. What, what was the reality like as being MD? What sort of calls were you receiving? What sort of conversations were you having in those, those earliest days? Yeah, great question. Um, it, a tale of two halves, really. Um, we were lucky that our contract, we are, uh, we're, you know, we have a strong contract book. So the first week, was client engagement across our contractor book so you know because it was the unknown so speaking to our clients obviously not not with an element of panic but more of how is this affecting you how can we help you um so at senior levels so so across all levels within a client from our contractors on site all the way through up to the the, the cxo suite and and just making sure we, we had visibility if that was going to be impacted or not yeah because obviously that would have been quite a fundamental change for what we had to do um, our perm business froze overnight. I mean, it, it, I think I mentioned to you in one of the academies and, you know, what I've loved about the academies without doing too much of a plug is the camaraderie of other business leaders because I was doing your academy right through lockdown. I think we started, we started eventually. Exactly, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And, and so to be able to share that, 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 that sort of feeling, our perm business just froze. And, and so there was a lot of unknown for staff, for... How did it know, affect, like potential deals you'd already done do you know the ones that are either start just about to start already had started in probation was there any obvious change there so luckily for us but but i heard a lot worse we we, we had a few non-starters but nothing that, that fundamentally um uh, actually changed it you know it, it was just the freeze of projects that in april may and june you know so so it was a new business that suddenly stopped um and, and there was no end. Everyone thought it would last six weeks, then two months, then three months. So, you know, again, I've spoken to you quite a lot about it. I think June, July, I was starting to get quite nervous around, you know, is this is this going to end? Um, luckily, it did, and that, that that sort of faith does. But, but yeah, to answer the question, those first couple of months, I think the first week or two, it's a honeymoon period. People are getting used to working from home with, with you know, and and – Everyone was working from home, so clients were very receptive and, and everyone was giving each other sort of confidence. I think weeks three, four, and five, when clients started saying that that things were unknown and, and people were getting a little bit of fatigued on on you know what how to structure themselves, that's when we had to sort of dig dig a bit deeper and really think about what we were gonna do. I bet. What decisions like what's the most difficult decisions you had to make and how how did that feel? Um furlough i mean everyone talks about it you know we I, I thought we were a knight in shining armor offering people furlough i think um the junior guys because because we predicted it was going to be a really tough three weeks six weeks and and it was unfair on anyone junior to mm. if we could support them and, and whilst we were unknown um but furlough i think had for recruitment bit for any sales business i think it actually had quite a negative effect that, that we weren't prepared for in the fact that there's a lot of pride in jobs and, and to be told that that you're you're great but but you know not quite good enough to stay on and and you're gonna sit at home for a period of time actually had a really negative impact. And and then we suffered, I don't know if anyone else found this, but your guys and girls still working started building a little bit of resentment going, hold on, we're we're in the office every day or or the virtual office 
banging our head and, and not earning commissions because our clients are frozen. And yeah. and yet there's our colleagues who are at home not doing anything. And then there was colleagues at home saying, I'm, put me in the game. I'm, you know, we're, I'm bored out of my skull and I want to be working. And um, so we so had to learn. Like it's a bit like a football team or a sports team. If you're on the bench, you, you it doesn't matter what the ref, what the manager tells you, you're going to feel a certain way. Like, you know, you're going to, I was watching the, I don't know if you watched any of the Amazon Prime documentaries, All or Nothing. There's a really good All Blacks one. And yeah. I watched the start of the Tottenham Hotspur one this week. And Eric Dyer gets um, gets taken off after 29 minutes by Mourinho. And it's uh, his reaction's incredible. And the way that Mourinho's like, I wouldn't normally start him in the next game, but I, I think I have to for the, for the family, for the feeling of... But it, it reminds me of that period because... You couldn't, there was no flexibility in the early days, was there? You couldn't say come back part time. You had to draw a line. You're either in or you're out. And yeah. as a leader, it's a ballsy decision to choose what you want to do with people at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, following the rules of furlough as well. I mean, we, we literally followed it by the letter of the law, which um, which is obviously the right thing to do. But, but there's still uncertainty on what that meant. You know, can you train people? Can you keep them engaged? Are they allowed to be on meetings? Because I like to think, like like a sports team and all the rest of it, you know, we we kept our trainers, you know, so so we didn't furlough our training, we didn't furlough HR, we didn't actually furlough the back office at all. In the in the feeling that a we need to keep investing in in the people working as well as those not. But what were you allowed to do? You know, were were you allowed to let people on furlough have a training? Was that commercial activity and and, yeah. and that? slight paranoia that you know you the worst thing you want to be doing is getting on the wrong side of hmrc and 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 uh and the rules but but you need to keep people engaged how big is your leadership team now or how big was it then yeah so i mean if you include back office we've got five four directors sales directors essentially and and probably three people at, at the same level in finance lnd and, and hr so what, i'm just trying to get made around especially for the listeners who were maybe in the smaller ages, like what was your, what were you doing all day? Like, I know you were with me at times doing academy work, but what were you as the MD? What was your actual day plan like in, in the middle of the, the worst lockdown, the first one? So that is a great question. Cause, cause one of the things I've learned more in this, this lockdown period, which I will never ever go back to now was, was getting too far away from clients. So, so pre lockdown, you know, growing the business, investing in different things. I got so far away from our clients and um, other than, you know, sort of quality control stuff that when lockdown happened and I was literally looking and, uh, at, okay, you know, I need to add value here. This is, this is revenue generating time. This is team time. It was almost like starting from scratch. I, I literally started from scratch again, having to reignite relationships. And I, I, I became a 360 consultant in my own way. The podcasts have been, you know, so so through the academy that that social media um, appeal, having to reinvent, you know, who you are, and you know, I'm no longer. How did you feel? How did you feel? Obviously, my my I was already thinking about the academy, but lockdown just forced it. It forced my hand, right? And I, like I said, I've said on a lot of these, I had a lot of calls from people saying, Sean, like I need to do something different. I need to get back on the tools. Like all my, all my team have gone, and I was like. So the academy was like, as a leader, you know, you've got to be visible. You've got to get out there. You've got to, you know, you can produce content daily and you can also interview your clients. And so how did you feel doing that? Because it was, it was very new for you, I think, at that point. 
It it was, but it for, for me personally, it plays into my 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 personality, you know, um, because it's it's a way of engaging. You're right, getting clients engaged, offering something different, and and being relevant. Because one of the things I'm constantly aware of when when having leadership teams, there is nothing worse for a salesperson than having a manager come and take over the relationship of their client for their either their own gratification or because they think they can do the job better than. You can, you know, the relationships are built at peer level and at, at that level. So there was no point me coming into the business saying, okay, guys, I'm going to speak to every one of our current clients and I'm going to upsell what, what isn't there to upsell. So so the podcast was just a brilliant, brilliant way of gaining new traction, thinking of unique reasons to, to gauge a wider audience. And it gave confidence to the business. They loved seeing myself and others you know, just 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 being the face of the company and, and getting out there, um, but you need the vehicles to do it. And and you know, lockdown, we had a lot of time. You know, I, I wasn't being dragged into meetings left, right, and centre for what. In hindsight, you know, you, you don't need to spend half an hour talking about, you know, the the, the coffee machine license or something like this. You, you need to empower people to do that. And um, and that's been the biggest learn for us is is no matter what level we are, we're a client first business and that's that's the love of the business um and and lockdown you know has, has tested that to, to the for us i'd like to think to the positive because i've also never got closer to my staff you know being able to actually teams them or to to talk about a live situation and say okay this is what's going on that builds relationships beyond anything else um, we call it like the daily daily cobra meeting where we had like the whole business and we had like 15 of us on a Zoom every morning. And it was like, how are you feeling, everyone? And we went from being close, I would say, like a good culture close to being like rock solid tight in yeah. about six weeks. Um, and the guys that – I think you'll always have that now. You'll look back in a few years and be like – you know, you look at your teams and you think they were they were the COVID lot. They, were, they, were, they, were the, they went through the pandemic together. Like you'll see it. And I, even now, like we've had people join our team since and – the first thing they say is the culture is amazing. Whereas I, I wouldn't say that was probably the first thing that people said when they joined a year ago. So there's yeah. a positives in there. Um, but one thing you mentioned there around um, around the the being visible, the byproduct of content is I put it in LinkedIn today on a post. Right, the, everyone thinks new business, and that was probably the reason you did it. I imagine get out in front of new clients. It's the main hook that people take with this whole building personal brand journey. But the byproducts of being visible to your existing clients, like the account management of the clients you already work with, is just because you can never get around them enough on the phone. No one can ever do it. Um, and then your teams. And then, like, yeah. you know, the amount of time that your recruiters can see you standing, leading from the front, having great quality conversations, representing their brand, it's really powerful. And yeah, people, yeah. I don't think people realize that till they till they try it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, w one of the things I can't remember if it was you that mentioned it or someone in in the group. That the other angle of this is give content for free. You know, be 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 the person who's actually credible and 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 so that's the other bit I've enjoyed about this this whole lockdown period is is you know be be the one who's actually going out there. You know, telling people what your tech stack is or telling recommending. The girls in tech um, aggregator spreadsheets that people are sharing, you know, because the more you're putting out there, um, and it has come back, 
you know, like I say, I'm, I'm really happy with how we've treated lockdown too, and I'm sure we'll come onto it. But we've we've won some significant business now off off the back of building that momentum, um, and and people are embracing it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting, but but it was a chat, you know, it was a learning curve the whole way what, through, I guess. What would you say was the what would you say the the the, the way that, that the biggest you said you've mentioned the learnings of you personally, but how did you keep the team engaged? I suppose is my question. Like when you've got seventy five people, I mean, I'm I'm talking about fifteen, so growing up to like twenty now, seventy five is a bit different. You have got two locations, everyone's at home. What was was there any kind of um, ideas or strategies that you guys deployed that worked well that you could share with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's some that work really well and others that that, that didn't. Um, you know, we like every company, we we introduced like the weekly uh, quizzes and, and stuff like this. And, and to be honest with you, I found after weeks three, four and five, they actually got pretty repetitive. And, and you yeah. could see, you know, what we learned very quickly is you've got to keep things fresh. Hmm. So, um, yeah, one of the things I was most happy about I was recommended a drag queen business in Amsterdam who they 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 come and jump in on your your weekly meetings and take them yeah. over and get your staff doing karaoke and, and all of this and that was brilliant so we we had um uh do you know some some wonderful drag queen who, who interrupted our our town halls um and everyone loved it uh, magicians coming in cooking courses so uh, the spontaneity I think what we tried to do which did work keeping people engaged was was to try and keep it very spontaneous and what what that session was going to be um we tried and this didn't work like do like the, the coffee chats where you know i was free every friday from from 11 till 12 and if anyone wanted to come and have a have a coffee um and then a chat and, and there's probably the same few people coming back in but it that didn't work i don't think you know people have got stuff to do but but having a a a forum where people could have ideas on what to do. Um, I think did I was you, mentioning to you. Did you like Slack or any internal comms for keeping com communication? Yeah, on? so MS Teams, the main yeah. one. I've, weird. I mean, we've got so many platforms now. So we 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 use Slack for our clients. We use MS Teams for internal. We use Zoom for everything yeah. else. Google Hangouts. But um, so we've got an all hands MS Teams. We oh, this is a nice one actually. Our booster business they they set a different challenge each day on their group and you had to contribute to it so like your memory your funniest story or your um a picture of you as a toddler or stuff like this and every day someone was the winner and then they thought of another theme for the following coming days you know your top tunes or whatever so um, just every day a different idea contribute to. but in smaller groups that that worked really well in like the smaller groups doing doing different and again to be totally open with you I regurgitated what I was on in one group into the other group and into the other group. So it's a bit like playing multi-chess because I, I was bet. starting all these little groups. I'm interrupting this podcast to give you another update from our sponsor, Odro. The team at Odro have launched another feature in summer 2020, and it's going to be a game changer. This is going to massively change the way the recruitment agency market operates globally for the future. They've called it Odro Producer. This platform sits alongside the company's award-winning video interview opportunity um, and gives you, the recruiter, the ability to create engaging, eye-catching video content ready to share in a matter of minutes. So you can record or upload a video um, and then you can add banners, overlays, images, subtitles, logos, so that you can create these eye-catching videos that are built for LinkedIn. 
So whether you're interviewing, whether you're doing sales messaging, or you're just trying to put out valuable content on online, then Odro is no longer just a video interview platform. It's also a content creation platform for recruiters. Get in touch with Odro today to see how you can implement this into your recruitment agency ASAP. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. How did you find your like your personal situation through through lockdown? Like you know, trying to juggle being you know a, a family man as well as a a managing director of, of a business with people's other they've got families to worry about. Yeah, again, there was a honeymoon period. Then there was then there was a challenge, and then there was getting used to it. So the honeymoon period of, of being around, being at home, not commuting, an hour and a half each way. Um, that was fantastic, and and I'm, I'm fortunate that my wife, um, uh, you know, doesn't work full time, so was, was able to take on a lion's share of childcare. Um, but then fatigue kicks in. Yeah, I think the middle period of the, where the schools not open um, and and everyone under one roof was tough. Um, Did you, know, you have two young children? Dedicated office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, again, I'm sort of semi-fortunate that, that I have that and, and garden space and, and the rest because what we saw so so personally I, I can't work five days a week from home what I miss is people interaction you know the the, the love of the heartbeat of a business you know the coffee chats the all the rest of it so so for me staying structured every day you know with into weeks four five and six was tough um and and I had to stop myself doing spontaneous calls to keep myself going we had to introduce like meetingless Wednesdays because it, we were starting to create this sort of you know I need I'm going to grab you for an hour for nothing else than my own sanity but that's actually taking people away from yeah, yeah. the job um uh but we did worry we did start worrying a lot about the guys and girls who live in central London that are in flat shares or in with, with no outdoor space and and then that started sort of hitting home. Christ, we've got to think more about what we're going to do as a business uh, during this time. Yeah, that's um, the the thing about this pandemic. I've realised is everyone sees it from their own lens. Like, you know, the students, the parents, the school children, the school teachers, the professionals, the MDs, the the, the doctors, the nurses, like everyone, like OAPs, you name it. They've got their own challenge. So you know. As a government, they've got the problem of facing trying to keep everyone happy. But as a business, you've got you do have to look at each individual and think, well, what what is that circumstance, and are we supporting them as within reason? Are we supporting them as best we can? Um, so when things started to relax, relax towards the back end of the summer, that was when our academy time together ended. What what happened at Arrows and yourself? How did you guys go back to the new normal? What did it look like? Yeah, so we've we've embraced so so the, the whole flexi working. So we've we're we open the office Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we're we're doing three days at home, two days in, thirsty Thursdays. So that's the day to come in and mm. you know obviously crack on, but but the chance to be with the teams for a, for a drink um, after work, and and Tuesdays were sort of presented. But the theory was we would do two really long days and, and absolutely smash it because then. You know, we'd finish at lunchtime on a Friday, and and so it's only Monday and Wednesday where you've got to keep yourself going at home. Yeah, I, I think the reality, you, you don't want to. That was going back to a world of where you're saying to people, you're being judged for how long you're in the office on a Tuesday yeah. and Thursday, and and because you're not trusted to work on a Monday and Wednesday, and so it's it sort of became counterproductive. So, so we've been learning. So we're we're two days a week. Um, the office is open four days a week, but the the, the third day of work is totally up to you um 
as I say, the the bit the trust level now is through the roof. The team's smaller, you know. That, that's you know that's the reality of of a bit of COVID. So, but it's now the COVID team. Like you said earlier, the people now is it reminds me of Arrows ten years ago, and and, and the world is your oyster now. Um, but we've done we've been through this together, just like any other recession, and and you come out stronger. So so people are actually having an say now in what they want the business to be. And how would how would it work then if if I work for you and I you know I fancy coming in today or not? What's the protocols to make sure that it's set up and I get there and there's no issues or whatever? So so yeah, our head of HR um, uh, Hattie. So you, you register basically. We're, we're we're set on Tuesdays and Thursdays because our back office comes in on Mondays and Wednesdays. So right. so as a sales function, um, there's there's enough room across. But we've got three floors of the two floors of the business. Um, but um, as we grow again, it's all on a rotor system um, with a track and trace, and and it'll end up being team focused. So, so that's why I mean that we're open four days a week, but you'll be coming in two days a week because it would be based on teams and structure. Um, and and we're learning again as we go. You know, the the, the whole flexible approach to this is to say, you, you know you come in for meaning not because you need to be seen so it's yeah. it's, it's that camaraderie and the the working practice and rather than if i'm not in today i'm I, they presume i'm not working yeah i i really hope like that's that's gone from the industry after this like i really do because we've all been through it we've all had it um and i, I i'm the same I, I mean i i moved away i'm in manchester now so I'm dying for the, the 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 lockdown to end, just so I can come to London. Like you know, I want to do one night a week in London, and then two days in the office in London. That is my perfect, or two nights, three days. But um, and my team is so dotted all over now. Like they they recorded a video the other day. There's Gurney, one of my members, that went went off to Barbados on that scheme. So she she signed up and she, she moved out there last month, and she's loving Fantastic. life. But yeah, we hired a girl in lockdown in Texas and a guy in in Johannesburg. So we've got this. They've not even met the team, right? No, never met, never met any of them. And there's a girl in London I've never met because we hired her in in April. Um, it's been it's been absolutely mental. But the the bit that I'm yet to see because we've not done it yet, and I'm interested in just for my own benefit as well as what you've done. When you do have that blended model, how do you get it right? Because before, at least when you're locked down, you're all you're all locked down, and when you're all in the office, you're all in the office. So regardless of whether it's great or what. The simplicity as a leader like you to say, well, I know everyone's in or I know they're not. <laughs> when you know, I think that team's coming in Tuesday, but I've got to check with Hattie and three of them are in and two of them at home. Do they go on Zoom? Do they ring on the phone? Do they stand around and board? Like, what, 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 how are you managing that? Yeah, yeah, great question. I mean, it's, 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 it's the simple answer is embracing tech. So, so whether you're all in or you're only half in, everything is still done now for us on MS Teams and whiteboards yeah. on MS Teams. So so even if you're all in, you're you're still putting up the same information, you know, around on, on the screens talking yeah. about the what you're planning to do. So so people can then log in without it being disruptive or or breaking the flow of it. Right. I mean we've we've changed our business similar to you as well, where Holland used to be very separate and looked after Holland, Germany after Germany. You can, we've become borderless almost overnight now. So so actually it means that people are having to work in teams where the, no one will ever always be in the office because we're now, you know, the teams are virtual as much as based in the UK. Um, 
so so yeah it's just having to embrace a lot of a lot of the stuff we've always wanted to do and and then work through the the hiccups that that, that happens i mean we've got a final interview um happening tomorrow where where you know it's going to be a whole mixture of different logins and zooms because because this person's going to be meeting people from all over the place and we're trying to do virtual beers for the cultural bit of it and we're just being really honest with people saying that if this doesn't work tell us because because we're we're learning as we go yeah a final interruption to today's episode to introduce vincere vincere is the all-in-one crm ats platform built for the recruitment and staffing industry now i first heard about these guys about a year ago the amount of prospect recruitment agencies and clients i was working with that were telling me they were moving over to vincere i had to look into it and what I found was a business that had a global reach um, with multiple offices around the world. So they've got this follow the sun methodology, which allows them to support recruitment businesses wherever you are and, have, and, and be in your time zone. But the technology that they've invested in um, is becoming a, a disruptor in the space. More and more recruitment businesses are, are doing this to give their, their recruiters a competitive advantage. They broke into the G2 crowd's momentum grid as a market leader based on their reviews from their customers. So the, the agencies that are using this platform are raving about it. Now, if you're a RAG listener and you're thinking about changing CRM or you're a new business looking to launch with a new CRM, then I would get in touch with, the, with these guys because if you mention that you're a RAG listener, they're doing an amazing deal. By visiting www.vincere.io forward slash RAG, you can get an exclusive deal which offers two months completely free on a two-year commitment or three months completely free on a three-year commitment. This applies to all licenses that you've either signed up for now or that you'll add in the duration of the contract. So get on there and have a look. Finally, if you're listening, you're a recruiter and you're thinking, I want to move into a more of a business development role um, and I'd like to keep hold of my recruitment knowledge. Well, these guys are recruiting for a BD person, well, multiple roles in both Sydney and London right now. So if you've got a strong recruitment background, you want to move into BD and you want to work for a fast moving tech business that's helping people like you right now, then get in touch via their website because they're hiring today. Back to the show. We, we do this thing where we, we've stopped talking about business on a couple of meetings a week. So we just chat. Like everyone just chats. Mm. Um, and I, again, I think, I think we were already uh, going down a lot of the virtual route anyway. So I don't know if I can compare myself completely to, to some of the more like office-bound recruitment companies. But what, what would you say you missed the most then? If you're looking back to pre-March, what, what do you miss the most, to being honest, like as a, in, an individual first? Yeah, I mean, as an individual, I'm, um, I do miss people. You know, I'm my 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 personal my personal joy is being around vibrancy and and you know when your company is humming, you're yeah. humming, and and when it's not, you you can you can have a positive impact really quickly if you're living it and you're you're part of it. Um, so so I definitely do miss that without a shadow of a doubt. Um, uh, what else? The uh, client meetings, as a, as, as a client and candidate meetings. I mean, it's but, but from a client side, being able just to go and have a coffee with your favourite clients and and have that that FaceTime with them. Um, what I about miss, what, but, what don't you miss? What don't you miss? Pardon? What don't you miss? What have you looked back and gone? Fuck God, I can't believe you did that long for that long. Yeah, the you know pointless meetings. To be honest, so, so so meetings for the sake of meetings, which, which I don't think we're ever actually that bad at, but but you do realise um, uh, what what don't I miss? Um, 
you know the the commute obviously you know um uh be, being a key thing and, and being able to use that time for for family and exercise um uh weirdly having to put on a war face the whole time you know one of the nice things about working working from home is if if you've if you're having a bit of a dull a, you know a, a lap or you need a you need to just go out and do something you can do it without you yeah. know um whereas if you're front and center entire days you know, I, had that, I had that just for this call so i'm on the phone and my dog's going absolutely mental and the building I've moved to has got like a, I can see him out the window. So there's a courtyard and there's a concierge. And they, they always say to me, if you want us to look after the dog, let us know. And I was like, there's never been a better time. I'm going live on LinkedIn in a minute. And he's climbing the walls. I've been on call since 8 a.m. Um, and I was like, I got him out and I walked around the block. And I, was, I, I had that moment where I was like, I'm, this is, if I was in the office now, I'd be so much more stressed because of the way I would look. <laughs> and I looked at yeah. that raving lunatic about an hour ago, just pacing yeah, around. Yeah. Um, so I know that feeling. What? So what do you think is going to happen? Like, you, you, I mean, you're not an epidemiologist, I, I'm, I'm sure. But what, what's your honest opinion of how the country's going to evolve and how the recruitment industry is going to evolve as a result? Yeah, again, really good questions because I think, I, I hope, I truly hope it does fundamentally change forever now. I, for recruitment, I, I truly believe recruitment will move into a data-led business that happens to place people. Uh, myself and James, James Parsons, the founder of Arrows, speak about that quite regularly, that if you're not investing in technology as a recruitment business, so you've not got the best tools, you're not you're not looking at how to do that, then you're going to be left behind. Um, that the, you'll always need people in sales. There'll always be a need for, for people to build relationships and to, to manage candidate relationships. But but tech is the future, and it's and it's a data led business. Um, you know, and and the embracing of of creating cent, you know cultures of excellence, but but not having to have people you know working. For the love of beer money and and other things but actually you can give careers um i mean the other bit that that's got quite close to our heart is you know everyone talks about diversity and inclusion and then they, they they talk a lot about you know that means supporting different ethnic backgrounds but actually we can now truly support people with disabilities now you know there, there's a there's 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 a much wider spectrum of of people out there that that you can support and because we're we're remote now so so that that i think is the future where you can you know you can hire the best person in johannesburg if they're yeah. the best person for the job they're the best person for the job and um and i quite like that fearlessness that we 100%. can now go out and do that i do i've said it on on a previous show i think there's pros and cons to this whole um you know wider talent pool piece i think the pros are genuinely like you're not bound by who can get to the office and you know, I'll use Gareth in South Africa, my hire is, is incredible. Like he's genuinely an amazing hire and he's been brilliant for the business and he's culturally a great fit. I mean, it pisses me off that it's, it's like 32 degrees heat every day at the moment, but <laughs> that, that, is, that is a not his fault. Um, and he did actually come in the other day and we were like, you know, on a group Zoom, he goes, look at this guys and shows a picture and his dog had just ripped up a rattlesnake in the garden. I was like, that, that would not happen in my <laughs> My dog is like chewing on a bone, I think. Um, but it is, it is, and culturally, it's good for the business. It's all different. But then, when you look at the the recruitment market on the whole, all I've heard from my customers is, you know, there's the candidate movement 
whilst the opportunity is bigger, doesn't the commitments change? The way that people move has changed. And, you know, taking a day off to get ready to go to an office on the other side of London is a genuine commitment that you're interested in that job. Whereas saying, oh, I'll do a, I'll do a Zoom at one o'clock till two yeah. in your pants, that's not the same level of commitment. Like, so yeah. interview to placement ratios are, are going, they're going to grow. Like they are growing and people need, but recruiters need to be aware and, and be faster to that trend than the in-house teams. We, we've got to, we've got to add our value by saying, well, this is at the market. Look, we, of course we can go external and look around the world, but it's probably going to take longer. And you know, the people when it's zoom and, and, and are they going to be as committed? Well, we're going to expect to meet more people. Um, yeah. And I've seen that. I've seen that consistently. One question I had for you, because you you guys operate in such a technical space. Has it changed much when it comes to the development community? Because I was already hearing like a huge push to the remote developer anyway. Like that's what they, the, the candidate community already wanted this. So has it has it been good for for that side of the business? It, it, it has definitely in many ways. Although ironically, like all of us, it's like having too much chocolate you know so so there's the software engineer you know too much of a good thing and um so yeah all of our software engineers will continue to talk about wanting fully remote work and now they've all had it it's amazing how many of them don't want it you know want the blend so 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 um so it's the blend people want and it's a blend that companies can offer um and and that has definitely helped um you know, retention, we, we talk a lot with our clients about retention, onboarding and retention, you know, it's it's not just about finding the right candidates, it's about getting them onboarded properly and then retaining them. And, and that, and this will all help with that. So if you get, if you use technology right, and you, you embrace a lot of all of it, the, the new world, you're, you're going to retain people much, much longer than your competition. Um, but it is trying to get it right. And you're right, you know, Things are evolving, you know, uh, on a weekly basis, if not daily. So I think companies have to evolve as well and 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 understand what it is that's affecting people today, which might be different to yesterday. Yeah. But one of the final questions I've got for you, because I, I know your business and I know you and JP and the team were all bought into such a big vision over the next few years. I think it was three to five years you had this mm. big plan. And and I had a look at my, my own uh, 2020 forecast uh, stupidly a couple of weeks ago. I was like, why did I look at that? Um, we had to rip it up basically. Um, what, what impact has that had on, on that future vision? And, and, you know, can you tell us a bit more about where you're heading and, and, and how, how that has changed since the beginning of the year? Yeah. You know, it's, it has had a, it has had a, an obvious impact, you know, we're, you know we're we're twenty percent down on headcount than we would have been in and and we are um so so we've looked at twenty we're putting twenty twenty down as as the freeze year if you like so it's you know the the, the strategy hasn't changed how we're going to get there potentially has you know we've we've created a few more products that we we have um uh we definitely understand that there's now you know you need to offer clients tech to to be even more stickier than them that's the learning of it so that's now part of our new strategy moving forward how do we embed technology within our clients so it's it's sharpened our tool set you know. uh crm or an ats applicant tracking system um uh retention tools you know we, we've got a venture i think you know about our fund we've got a a fund that we invest in like hr technology so to ai we've invested in a great company called recce that, that hosts candidate communities and but if you're not offering this sort of stuff to your clients as a 
as a service, then then you know you're you're only as good as your last placement. So so to relate that to the question around strategy, we've you know we're, we're still very much bought in. We have thirty percent of the business that's owned by the staff, and and we're committed to doing a an investment round in in four years time, which means we're never we have no interest in selling the company, but we are going to want to get investment to take the business onto the next journey, which rewards the people who have been with the business through that period. So. Yeah. So our, our trigger numbers are still the same to achieve that. Um, you know, the values of the business are still very much the same to achieve it. But what changes is, is how you get there and, and where you focus on and, and, and you know, what, what are those services that, that truly stand you out from all the other good businesses out there? Do you think it's changed you as a person, this situation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's reminded me what I love about the industry without doubt, you know, being back in front of clients and, and you know, it's, it's given me a new energy beyond belief in that regards, you know, reminded yourself how important it is and how the value you can offer people is is more than sitting behind, you know, organising, being a, a sergeant major, you know, ordering the troops around. So so it's definitely changed me. It's, it's humbled me a little bit. It did the first couple of months and, you know, I was learning off my guys, you know, the the approaches I used to make, you know, five, 10 years ago are different now. You know, I, I do more BD off WhatsApp than I do on a phone yeah. call, you know, and, and that was my guys telling me, you know, MS Teams is a brilliant way of, of, of getting hold of someone, a client, by, if they're, you know, by by trying to contact them much better than than a phone call. Wow. Um, so, what, so, you know. Do you think people will still be cold calling in, in five years time no i think anyone who's cold calling now is 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 you know it's a, it's a losing battle you're gonna win one or two business because you're the right person at the right time but how much hours you have to put to do that yeah. you know you've you've got to be relevant you know and and um and again you know when i turn around to any of my teams and say you know we've potentially got these projects it's still around candidate communities you know do you know people mm. um uh, but cold calling is 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 gone. That that's for sure. You know, you, if if you don't have something that people want, they don't have time. And why would they? To because I said that on a status on LinkedIn, I got absolutely hounded. I got a few direct messages as well, being like, "What did someone say to me? Like, you know, you must have been shit at cold calling." And so I was like, "To be honest, I wasn't." But I, I never enjoyed it, even at my peak of recruit. Yeah. I never enjoyed it. To me, if you said to me, "Sean, phone that guy. I know him, and I've got some information for you." Like. Or phone the guy. He doesn't know you. You don't know him. I think he's about. He's probably going to be right. He might be at his desk between nine and ten. It, it, oh, I'm well excited about this. I think the I think the buzz you get off actually winning business from cold calling is an amazing feeling. And that's when whenever I ask in my academy, do you enjoy cold calling? You always get a couple that go, yeah, love it. And the question is actually bullshit. Do you enjoy cold yeah. like people up out the blue? What you enjoy is the buzz when you when you achieve it. And and that I, I think is. That's something that I'm not going to take from anyone. But the time you just said invested to stare at lists of names that you don't even know with with no hook other than the fact that you think you might be able to recruit for them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ludicrous right now. Well, and and what, what gets me on this is why ring 100 people that have no connections with each other saying the same thing over? And, and why not get clever? And you still speak to 100 people, but target your top 10 companies with the top 10 decision makers have something relevant to speak to each one of them about, have that all pre-planned and prepared, make the right introductions. I mean, it's still a sales-based business, but the impact, is, it's like confidence. I relate it to like Jerry Maguire. If anyone's seen Jerry Maguire out oh, there, you know, we are- Show me the money. 
Yeah, yeah, but we are sports agents. You know, you are. Yeah. You have to go out there with with absolute belief that you are, you are. You've got something to offer people that that your competition don't. And and you don't do that by doing a hundred phone calls uh, or spamming one candidate to a hundred clients saying this person's great for your business, and they have no idea why. I mean, I, I know we're both fans of Odro, for example, the the video platform. Now that is a best better tool than any cold calling of of making an introduction to oh. a new client. To still follow up, don't get me wrong. We follow up, and we we we. The goal is to get them on the phone and and build a relationship. But you, it's it's so much. There's so much better ways of doing it now. You um, remember the formula I taught you around you know what you should be doing on LinkedIn every day, regardless, right? And hmm. people, it's it's funny, really. Like if people are so obsessed with BD, but actually spending time on LinkedIn and just liking, commenting, and engaging with people, in my opinion, if you're looking at the right people and you're strategically choosing who you want to engage with, that's 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 BD in a modern way. Like, I don't remember the last time I answered the phone to someone who I didn't know, who I didn't really, you know, I, I see numbers, I'll be honest, and I run a business, I see numbers that I don't recognize, and I'm a bit like, really? Like, I'm, I've got another call in five. And I need a drink. Yeah. And I've got another, and I've got another client I need to speak to. We're all a little bit like we've become this like things. Are, we have times where we do our outreach, and then we have times where we do our, our actual conversations. So it's crazy because I look at 2015, maybe when I was at my peak in recruitment in London. I don't think I booked a single call in the diary. I used to I'll call you at 10, and I'll, I'd put a meeting in, but a call would just be a call. Whereas now. I'm back-to-back -back calls or, or videos all day. Someone, we've actually got a few comments from the from the um, the, the LinkedIn Live. I, I don't know who this is. Someone that says LinkedIn user. Um, you might need to write in a comment. If for some reason it doesn't tell me you are. Launched in January and haven't made a single cold call this year, yet managed to survive um, or build a successful agency despite the climate, which is incredible, Charlie. That's yeah. incredible. Um, would you have, if someone had said that to you when you started at Arrows Group, um, that you could build a business in a in, in a recession without making a cold call. What would you have said? Yeah, you know, you wouldn't believe it, would you? You you literally wouldn't believe it. You know, it's uh, but 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 there's, yeah, the, 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 this person here is absolutely spot on. I, I think the difference the, the difference to be clear is there's in my view when when I've talked about cold calling, cold calling to me is when you've literally got a list of names to call with a with a very bland reason of calling. Um, with, with no research done, and it's a numbers game, uh, hoping that someone happens to need your service, versus, you know, still making a, you know, having a reason to speak with someone, having referrals into them, arranging, doing all of the sort of prep work, which ultimately still leads to the call anyway. And once you're in the flow, and this is what we speak to our guys or girls about, once you're in the flow, you're you're doing as many calls as you probably would have done, but they're booked, they're they're organised, they're valid, they're so the success ratio is so much higher than than calling a hundred people. What we're not saying is outreach is dead. We're not saying calls are dead. We're saying calling lists of people with no research, no connection, no hook, no thought. That's dead. Which used yeah. to be a bit like them. You know, you get them. You, they're on. You're on a dialer with some call, some some call centres, aren't you? Where they, they they pick up the phone and it's dialing you. They don't even know who you are till you answer. Like it's not. Yeah. Um, we do know it's Martin Drake now, by the way, who made that comment. He's uh, thank you, Martin, for letting us know. It didn't. It didn't for some reason doesn't show up on LinkedIn. Someone it also wrote. I I almost wrote a, an article this year to say that recruitment needs to transition to the Jerry Maguire model. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a it's definitely a common theme. I, I I do you know what I actually explain that to people when I when they don't know what recruitment is. When I was in 
they'd be like, what, what do you really do? And I'd be like, well, look at a football team and look at a football agent. If you, if you wanted to be like the top agent, you'd have to specialise in potentially like Premier League strikers, right? You'd know, I'd know every striker in the Premier League. I'd know the tall one, the small one, the fat one, the thin one, the skillful one, the bruiser. I'd know it all. And then I'd also know every manager in the, in, in the Premier League and I'd know what their requirements were. And at any time I could connect the dots. And people could understand it that way. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, most people just think recruitment outside is just, you know, it's just like high street like temp work or something, don't they? they yeah, got- yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, for me, it's all about confidence building. So when you're speaking to people who are starting in this industry and, and you know, you, you've got to have that that fear, that shield of 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 confidence and immortality. And that, that comes from truly believing in your product, you know. And, yeah. and if you don't believe in it, don't sell it. So so if you're, there's no point trying to introduce a candidate to a client if you know that candidate isn't right for that client. It's, it's pointless. You know, that's, that's the cold calling. Whereas if you do have the candidate with the right skills to the client with the right needs, you should be fearless. You're, you're, you know, that is your job is to, you are the sports agent doing, doing a value to both the client and the candidate. Um, and that gives you that level of confidence um, beyond it. But, but, you know, it's, it's something that you've got to try success as well, isn't it? You know, if, if, if you keep getting battered down, you know, you've got to learn what, what your skill set is and it doesn't need to be extroverts, you know, you know my my sales director. Introverts are as good at sales as extroverts because actually it's it's, it's how you build relationships um, in a different way, and yeah. you sell just to different people. Like I reckon there was yeah. clients, clients that I would have turned off that someone else would have turned on, and you still get the end result in place. What well, that moves me into the. Uh, I mean, I keep saying the final question, Charlie. You keep we keep, keep rolling this, but. Um, What's your approach to training new new recruiters? Then moving into the the new world, I th- I, I do feel a bit for for the junior end of the market, the guys that previously you'd say you know go and sit next to that guy and, and learn from yeah. him. That's going to be much harder. So how how are arrows going to approach that that challenge moving forward? Yeah, and that's a really good point because it's that, that that is one of the reality one of the huge benefits of being five days a week and 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 in an office is the learning by osmosis, and and that's just not a reality now. You know the truth. We are changing our employee persona a little bit. So, right. so where we were very graduate uh, focused, actually, we I'm, I'm actively looking at, at probably people who have had commercial at least work experience, so they understand office environments because because then they, they, they there's a part there that's already done, um, and then it's all about tech again. So we use cloud calls. So so everything with our training, although it's not live, it's it's recorded, and and when anyone. We we do fun incentives for people who do the worst and best calls, and you know, so that it can go into the library, so our trainers can sit down then with new joiners and and show the best and worst calls. And I very much live by example on that. So so people Your have access. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and and I think it's important it, it, that humility just goes so far. Um, but you're right, you know, we we use Recruitment Juice, which is our online training platform now. Um, but again, that's with our learning team and L&D team, um, our management style has changed. So the sales managers no longer run performance, you know, the monthly reviews. That's actually led by our learning, our training and development teams because it's very much around how do you support them in a remote environment rather than look at numbers and, and, and revenue. Um, and, you know, it's what else is there? Oh, we have got onboarding right and wrong. So we did have a couple of people join probably three months ago and we got it wrong 
it's first time we've onboarded um, uh, in COVID. And we forgot the importance of that first couple of weeks where you would normally have coffee chats and you would have um, team meetings and you would get to know everyone. And we had um, two people join and they didn't get that 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 experience. And 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 it, it meant that they didn't get that same onboarding experience as someone normally would. And we didn't think about it. We thought, let's train them for a week remotely, get them working for a week. They'll get to meet everyone through meetings, but but you don't. Yeah, we um, at Benquist, we used to do the... The, the the onboarding was about like you know you had to go in and speak to as many people as you could and then build an org chart and present it back um so we still do that i do that i brought that yeah. to Hockstow. And, and again we've just hired two people last week and last week was their what does everyone do conversation and they went out they booked 15 minutes of everyone came back presented an org chart and it, and it looked great and it just shows you that you know you can tick the box that they have spoken to everyone b you know they understand how the business operates, what teams, what different divisions, and etc. So that that's worked well. Um, Charlie, I'm mindful of time. It's been a it's been a pleasure. I always enjoy yeah. spending time with you. But one thing about you as well is is how how honest you've always been. You've always been so humble in all of our engagements, and it's been lovely to hear you. You know, it's not all been perfect. Um, one question I've just come through from Leisha Holmes. Um, Charlie, fabulous points made for hiring, onboarding, osmosis learning can happen though. Do you have a buddy scheme in your business? Yeah, that's a great one, and and actually, um, we we did as we had staff managers, live managers, and and mentors. That stopped over COVID, and that's coming back now as a recent learning of how important it is for our next entrance of new joiners. Right. So so yeah, it's. I think that's one of the fundamental reasons why we might not have got it right a month or so ago, and and you need to bring that back. Um, the thing we have introduced, which again is now. We're doing coffee meetings where people randomly, four names are getting pulled out of a hat and you guys have a coffee chat together. And the nice thing about that is that's including Holland, Germany and the UK. So so it's not quite a buddy system, but it, it means that people are speaking to each other that wouldn't ever normally speak to each other, which has been an advantage now of COVID in the fact that, that you can do that because, um, you know, you're not just spending all day every day with your with your five people in your in your team um but oh god i'd wish i could have one day with just five people in my team I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so long i miss it um charlie thank you so much it's been a pleasure i imagine if anyone listening either live today or, or listening back on the podcast or, or youtube if they wanted to talk to you directly um you're happy to have a, an intro and, and give them any Absolutely. yeah so yeah yeah I, Charlie, obviously LinkedIn, I'll tag you in everything. Um, best place to get you. Um, we'll catch up again soon. Let's get another chat in the new year. One thing I love about Arrows is you've always been so forward thinking. And as we move into 2021, my podcast, the whole, I want to talk about the future of this industry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit jaded by the past, I'll be honest. And I think COVID has accelerated so much of where I, I felt the industry was going anyway. And, and it's, it's kind of brought it to the surface for everyone. So I'm excited to, um, to go into detail about that. Um, also, Leisha has just said, loves the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, group. Superb. It can be done. It definitely can do. Um, guys, if you're listening um, either live or, or on the recording, please do me a favor. If you're listening on the recording, please can you share this with other people? Like, There's so many other recruitment owners out there who can benefit from hearing Charlie's story, from benefit from hearing the Arrows information. Um, the more we, we stick together at times like this, the better. I know lockdown two has not been anywhere near as scary for many of us as lockdown one, but um, 
there's still a hell of a lot of people out there that need need support. So let's let's share. Also, um, I mentioned it again um, on Thursday. Anyone who's watching who would love to love to have their own podcast. Charlie is a first-hand experience of working with me. We've worked together, build his, his podcast this year. Um, it's getting amazing reviews. He's interviewing some of the best CTOs in, in technology across across uh, the globe. And um, we, I would look, we've, we've said lockdown too is affecting UK business owners, recruitment businesses. We want to give away a free pro project to help you build a podcast. So we will work with you. I will work with you to specifically go, right, are we going to launch a show? What's the name going to be? What's the logo? What's the artwork? Why are we doing it? Who are we going to interview? We'll physically create that for you, and we will edit your first three episodes completely for free. There is no um, – I said on the last video, there's no catch, but the catch is. There is a catch. The catch is you've got to be in the UK, and you have to work for a recruitment company, and then there's only one nomination per agency. So um, please, if you're interested, comment, I'm interested, below this video. Um, if you've already commented last week, you only get one vote, um, but right, I'm 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 interested, and um, if you're watching this back, comment. I'm interested at any time. We're going to be keep checking who's writing that, and then we're going to announce the winner on Monday, November the thirtieth. So um, we've already got about 45, 50 agencies that have that have put their name in the hat. So please, please, please get involved. We'd love to work with you guys directly. Um, I'll be back again Thursday morning, 8 a.m. UK time, 7 p.m. Australian Eastern time with Paul Hallam, the founder and executive director of Six Degrees Executive, an amazing uh, Melbourne headquartered business who, um, like Stephen Carter last week, have just come out of the world's harshest, longest lockdown. So I'm very, very excited. And Paul is an absolute character as well. One of the most... Uh, I'd say he's the most challenging guy I've worked with on the academy in the way that he, he he used to he'd ask me some absolute cracking questions to the point where I didn't even know the answer. So it's going to be it's going to be hilarious on that on Thursday morning. If you can join us at 8 a.m., please do. If not, listen back on the, on the recording. Guys, I'll be back again soon. In the meantime, please stay safe, and we'll uh, we'll catch up very soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, We've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing for. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters, and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020, 
and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.